surge illuminare qui avet lumen tuum gloria domini super te opta est. Arise, be enlightened, for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The grace of the liturgical octaves is found, as I said the other day, principally in repetition. It's almost as if the Church instructs us in the prayer of the heart, teaching us not only to hear Lexio, but also to repeat over and over again Meditatio, until the word heard and repeated rises like a flame of prayer in the heart, oratio, and leaves the soul in the silence and the love that is contemplatio. This is the pedagogy of the liturgy. And the word that we have repeated daily at Mass and daily in the antiphons of the office is from the ninth chapter of Isaiah's Thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And I think, dear Brother Cashin, that in these days of preparation for your simple profession, these words of the liturgy have taken on a deeply personal meaning for you. And as if to confirm the repetition of this, thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee, tomorrow in the Gospel, you will hear this other word, a word more often than not passed over. I think that we fail sometimes to read every word, every detail, every nuance of the Gospel with that attention of the heart that gives intelligence, spiritual intelligence, of the Word. Tomorrow's Gospel, and I shall say more about it tomorrow, begins simply with this. At that time, John saw Jesus coming toward him. Vidit Johannes Jesum venientem ad se. John saw Jesus coming toward him. That phrase alone 
is a gospel by itself. We could end the gospel there singing Love Stevie Christ Day. It's all said. And this word in tomorrow's gospel elucidates this other word that we've been repeating all throughout the octave, thy light has come, Jesus coming toward you, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Yes, the light of the glory of God, says St. Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, shines on the face of his Christ. <coughs> this is the only explanation for monastic vocation that lifting your eyes one day you saw Jesus coming toward you. The wonder of the divine initiative. Today is also the feast of Saint Aylred, the first of a series of monastic feasts that will surround like a sparkling constellation the day of your profession. St. Aylred, the Bernard of the North, the Abbot of Rivels, <coughs> is the 12th century doctor of charity. Oh, there are any number of collects given for the feast of St. Aylred. He's inspired uh, a wonderful flowering of uh, Eucological texts drawn principally from his own writings, the most beautiful of which, of course, is his pastoral prayer, something that I've asked all of you to read and take to heart. But in this collect, uh, we have this. We address God saying that he never stops erudire is the word or oh, I suppose we could translate it God never stops instructing yes the songs of the church but erudire means something else. It means to scrape the, the roughness of something, the way a joiner uses a, um, uh, what's the tool called? That a plane, a plane, uh, to make the rough wood smooth. And, um, one who is so instructed has been planed by the hand of God so that the roughness is removed. That's a very beautiful image of God as the craftsman of all spiritual beauty, as the artisan by which his own beauty is more perfectly reflected in souls. So it's not mere instruction, it's a refinement, it's a cleansing, it's a kind of polishing, really. 
So the college tells us that God never stops doing this for the sons of his church and at the same time never leaves them without his help. This is a, a great comfort to know that we are never left without grace. That God stands like a father close to his child, ready to help at even the smallest sign of need on the part of the child. And the father even goes before that sign because he's already present, protecting, encouraging, moving along, prevailing at grace, if you will. So we have that in the Collect of St. Aylward, and that alone is very comforting for you. And then we ask through the intercession of the Blessed Abbot Aylward, to whom was given uh, the ministry of eternal salvation for souls, the good of souls. Aylward was all about the good of souls. His monastery was a place where, well, he said it, didn't he? He saw his monastery not as a stadium where monks would exhibit great feats of ascetical prowess, but as a kind of infirmary for weary and sin-sick souls. And he saw himself sometimes as the father, sometimes as the teacher, sometimes as the shepherd, sometimes as the pontiff, but always, strange as this sounds, as a kind of nursing mother of his own monks. And we ask through his intercession the knowledge of right, of, of doing what is right. That is to say, a clear vision of what is right. It's, it's very similar to that phrase in the Collect of the Holy Ghost. Recta uh, sapere. We ask for the grace to acquire a taste for what is right. So we ask for something similar in this Collect of St. Aylward, but also for the grace to lay hold of what is needed to be able to carry out what we see. And that laying hold of grace is exactly what you will do in your little childlike gesture in the profession ceremony tomorrow. We practiced it this morning. It's very touching. The monk on the day of his profession stands in the middle of the choir and like a small boy, an infant even, just lifts up his hands and says, Papa, pick me up. Father, take me to thyself. Sushi me domine secundum eloquintum. Take thou me to thyself, O Lord, and I shall live. Let me not be disappointed in my hope. What hope? The hope of being scooped up in the immense arms of God, lifted up and pressed against his heart. So, all of this is suggested, at least, 
by the cult of St. Eilwig. So I think that with the richness of the liturgy of the octave of the Epiphany and this first of a series of monastic feasts, you are provided with a wonderful spiritual nourishment and drink and light uh, as you go forward in preparation for tomorrow and uh, as you will have to continue your life after the moment of the sushi day. Continue, dear son, to, to look to the liturgy of the church to be sustained, to be nourished, to be illumined. Uh, you're preparing yourself for a lifetime of being planed down, refined, polished, instructed. Your sushite maze at the same time is not only a cry to be picked up and held against the heart of God, it's an act of abandonment to all that he wills to do in you. You know the prayer of Ivanime, do thou in me, O Lord, what I cannot of myself and by myself do, so that thou mightest find in me all that thou desirest to see in me. A wonderful prayer. Make it your own. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.